so good to be here. I feel like I could burst. That's why I stand at the back. Um, and it's just been good to look and to see all of you and to see what God is doing. And I go, oh, Lord, this is so exciting. We get to be connected. Your family. Your family, right? We're not separated by the ocean. We're connected by the Spirit of God. And that's actually what I was praying about yesterday. I said, Father, what can I say? I love encouraging people. That's my favorite thing. And I said, Father, what do they need to hear? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, remind them of who I am. Remind them of my presence. Remind them to be present to my presence. And I feel like some of you here are in a season like we all get in at times where we feel stuck and everything feels a bit dark and unclear. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that his job is to bring the presence of Jesus to bring you clarity, to bring the lid off, the cap off, whatever you feel and what you're experiencing. Paul and Sarah have a really cute little um, uh, solar-powered, looks like a bird bath or a little tiny fountain. And today I was looking at, I looked at it yesterday and it, it just, when, when it has a bit of sun, I guess it just kind of goes bloop. There's a little bit of water that comes out of it. And today there was even less water that came out of it. And I thought it's because the sun is hidden. I realize the sun is hidden because it's solar powered. It's meant to be powered by the sun. You and I are meant to be powered by the sun. We're meant to be powered by the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God's not wanting our circumstances to dictate the flow that comes from within us. It's meant to be a flowing river that never, ever runs dry. That's the presence of Jesus. And Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit because there's no limit on the Spirit. Jesus limited himself in the flesh as a person he limited himself when he came to die on the cross but after he resurrected and rose again he said go wait for me I'm gonna pour out my spirit and when I was 11 years old I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and even from that young of an age something inside of me burst and there was a flow the river flowed in my life and when I engage the Holy Spirit, when I'm mindful of his presence, when I ask him intentionally, Holy Spirit, he has many roles. He comforts me. He teaches me. He reminds me of everything Jesus has been speaking to me through the word and by his spirit. He convicts me of sin. He empowers me to be transformed. We need the Holy Spirit because, not because God doesn't love us, but to make us the best person. Everything that was resident in us that God wants to show the world through us is from Holy Spirit when we let him free in our life. And I just felt to encourage you this morning as a church, don't stay stuck. Don't stay the same. Don't settle for what you have. There's more. There's more joy. There's more peace. There's more hope. God's not boring. I heard a preacher once say, he said, God's not boring. You're boring. I'm boring. Without Jesus, I'm boring. Without Holy Spirit, I'm boring. I have a limit, but Jesus has no limit through me by his spirit. So can I pray for you this morning? Can I pray for you? And I want to encourage you later, if you have never experienced what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, I want to encourage you to get prayer from the prayer team. I'll pray for you. I want to see you have everything God has for you because that's his heart for you. You're not limited in God. You're not limited in God. What you have is not all you have. There is so much more for you.
So if you agree with me, let's raise our hands. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. Lord, we want more of you. We want you to uncap us, make us unstuck. Give us the more, Lord. If we're weary, you've got strength. If we're in turmoil, you've got peace. If we have sin, God, you have conviction and freedom and forgiveness. Jesus, we want more. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you that you empower us and you transform us like you transform Peter and all of the disciples to testify and to witness to the goodness of God, to the gospel, the resurrected Savior. That boldness and confidence comes from you, Holy Spirit. And we welcome you into our lives and we say we need more, Lord. We need more of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome inside of each one of us, Lord. Have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Whew. That was good worship. Anybody else feeling it like I was? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I need some tissues. You know, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit, he affects us all in different ways. So when he starts moving, my eyes start watering quite a bit. And, and, and there was a strong sense of his presence today. You know, let's never take that for granted. And, and if you're new to that, and, and you're like, I don't even understand that, um, just let God touch you. You know, the thing about what we believe is it's not just, um, it's not just beliefs. It's not, it's not just uh, creed or ideology. It's a, the personal relationship with God that we can know Him and experience Him. And uh, I just want to encourage you with that. I was just so touched and blessed today. Well, it's good to be here. Like uh, Paul said, greetings from Canada, from Forerunner Church, from Lifelinks International. And I would agree with, with what Paul is saying. You guys feel like family too. Uh, I come here and I'm like, oh man, I could come here all the time. This is a beautiful church. Wonderful people. We have so much fun. And uh, I believe God has something for you today. Um, and I want to share something to you that, that, uh, with you that I think is really important. And actually it fits. It, I got this special gift today. My renewal bracelet. I feel more renewed, renewed just putting it on. <laughs> it's awesome. I guess I can't take it off, though. I didn't realize that. I thought, oh, I should have put it on the other way. It's like, you can't take it off now. Oh, okay. But uh, I, I don't want to. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about your theme for the year. And I think the message I have today uh, fits with that. Isn't it good when kind of fits with what God is doing, and I, I, I pray that as you, um, as you hear this, you take another step of renewal. You know, one of the things I, I've seen in my own life when it comes to renewal, to God working in my life, it is a step-by-step -step process, isn't it? It doesn't happen overnight. We come to know Jesus, and He touches us, but then we get on a journey of renewal. And so all this year, you're focusing on that, obviously, for the rest of your life, and I want to share something this morning that I think um, will, will help you. I, I, you know, I was thinking about a year ago how um, we were still kind of in COVID then. In fact, uh, when Val and I went home, you, you wouldn't have known this, we went home and we took a gift from the UK. We took COVID home with us. Yeah, if it had been a day earlier, we would have spent 10 glorious days quarantined in a hotel in the UK. But thankfully, we, we got home before that really happened. But we were still in COVID then. Now, just like you, we're kind of at a place where it's faded into the background. But I think the season we've been in, if you're like me, you realize that uh, 
tough seasons show things about your life, don't they? And sometimes, you know, they bring out good things, hopefully, but often they bring out difficult things. They bring out bad attitudes. They bring out weaknesses. And so sometimes we can see our limitations. We can see where, um, you know, we're, we're restricted, where we're not what we should be. And I want to talk about that today. I want to actually look at a verse that you would be very familiar with now in Isaiah 40. And I want to give you a picture this morning how I believe God wants to take all of us to another level today. You know, wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you with something. When you leave here, God wants you to go to the next level. These are never static meetings when we come together. They're never just, you know, uh, listening to something or, or reading a passage. They're about encountering the Holy Spirit. And I believe if, if you hear what he's saying to you today, I believe you can leave here and you can move to another level. That's my belief. Isaiah 40 says this. Why do you say, O Jacob... And in my NIV, NIV, it says, why do you complain? You ever complained? <laughs> why do you complain, Jacob? I did a bit of complaining during COVID. I did. I tried not to, but I did slip into that at times. And, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. You ever felt like God doesn't see what you're going through? You ever felt? That's, that's what the psalmist, or Isaiah is saying. I, I feel like you don't see what I'm going through. But here's what God says, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Even when we get tired, God is not. Isn't that good? He doesn't get weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. I really like this part because often I'm weak. But it says he gives power to the weak. So if you feel weak today, you're qualified for a power upgrade. Isn't that exciting? I love that. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even those who should have the stamina to do what they're doing, even they faint and get tired. And the young shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, this is, you've obviously been already marinating in this passage over the last months, but there's so much here for us, so much that God wants to give us. In Psalm 103, I'm not sure if it's on the, the PowerPoint, but I want to read it for you. Here's a couple other verses about eagles. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name, who satisfies your desires with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. God wants to renew you. He wants you to be renewed today. There's pictures of the eagle. Apparently, one of the stories is that the eagle molts, and it goes through a very hard time. But when it comes out of the molting process, it's renewed. It's like new again. It's like youthful again. So even if you're feeling older today, and feeling older isn't linked to an age. It can be a younger person feeling older. God says, I want to renew you in your mind and in your spirit so that you can rise up again. You know, this, this passage implies that um, the key is waiting on God. They that wait on the Lord. And I, and I really like what that means. Uh, it, in the Hebrew, it actually means to bind together. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It actually means to bind together. 
And, and the way I look at it is, it's like when you and I slow down from our harried pace of life, from all the things we're doing, to focus on God and to say, God, um, you know, we need you. Even like you did this morning, and in, in essence, you're waiting on the Lord when you came in here, and you paused, and you worshiped. And it's like we're binding ourselves in our weakness to his strength in that moment. We're, we're, we're pausing to say, God, I'm waiting on you. And, and actually, I want to be intertwined like a rope with your strength. Because I'm weak, but you are strong. And I see that picture here in weakness turning into strength. You know, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible was Paul the Apostle. But, but he said an astounding thing when it comes to weakness and strength. Let me, let me uh, read it to you here. It's in 2 Corinthians 12. And this, this passage comes after Paul talks about all the great things God has shown him through revelation and taking him up into heaven. And Paul had all sorts of insight that nobody else had. And he could have got really puffed up and really arrogant. But here's what he says. He says, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, we don't know what this thorn in the flesh was. Some people think, you know, it was physical, might have been headaches or some other issue. Some people think it's the Jews that were following Paul from town to town and were always stirring up trouble for him. I actually think that's what it was. And everywhere he went, these people would not let him go. And so it says three times he prayed. And, you know, I don't think when it says three times I prayed, I don't think it was just like a little, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. God, would, would you please, you know, heal me? I think his three times of prayer were fasting and prayer and seeking God. And some of you might be relating to this. There might be parts of your life where you really sought God and you really wanted to gain freedom. And you haven't yet, fully. And you, and you, and you can't see God in that. And, and I don't understand how everything works, but here's what Paul figured out. Because the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, this is, this is an amazing statement. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships in persecutions and difficulties. Anybody ever delighted like that? Did, did you see what he, I delight. Like, I mean, you know, we delight in some nice things, see some nice flowers. I delight in those flowers, they're beautiful. Paul's saying, I delight in all the hard things. Paul, are you nuts? I think you need a sabbatical. I think you need a break. I think something needs to happen. You're not doing very well. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Because I realize now that when I am weak, then I'm strong. See, this is totally contrary to the way you and I think. He says, when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm at my lowest, but I turn that into waiting on God, I turn that into dependence on God, I'm like, God, I can't do this. Then I become the strongest version of myself. See, that weakness that you're dealing with, that issue that you continue, and I'm not talking about sin here. 
Okay, I'm not talking about a sin issue where you need to stop something. God says you need to stop doing that because that is harming you. That is hurting you. That is breaking relationship with me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that, that, that affect us. They're not necessarily a sin issue. They're just issues of our life that we're pushing through, a health issue or some other issue that we have. And God says, I want to turn that into strength if you come to me. Look what the message says. The message paraphrase. It says, because of that extravagance of these revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. Uh, what he, in fact, did was just push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. Anybody ever experienced any of those things? I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. You know, um, just to share from my own life, let me give you an example. So one of the things that I have to push through is anxiety. And when I was a kid, we first five years of my life, we moved all over the place. And my dad had mental health issues. I lived in an unstable environment. Some of you might be able to relate to this. My parents loved me, so, you know, there wasn't abuse that way, but it was a very unstable, insecure environment. And because of it, and my mom was a very anxious person. I have a handicapped brother. My dad had health issues, as I said, and so our home was really uncertain. My mom really struggled with anxiety, and I think part of it rubbed off on me as well. And I remember I, I came across my report cards, um, some time ago and in my report cards from those days you know grade one grade two six seven years old it said um you know ian has stopped crying at school now and he settled down and yeah and i read that and i thought i thought of six seven year old ian and i i felt for him all of a sudden i thought oh crying at school you know like i just thought you know there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of anxiety and so I've ha- I'm being very real with you here. I've had to push through that. And I mean, I've had prayer and healing and ministry. And God has done a lot in my life. I mean, he's done a lot. But it is still a weakness for me. It is still a weakness for me. I still have to battle it. But here's the good news. If I battle it right, if, if, if the anxiety I battle with makes me go down on my knee and say, Father, I am unable in myself. I am feeling overwhelmed. Would you come and touch my heart and would you work in me and would you do something only you can do that people would know it's you see i become strongest at that moment do you hear what i'm saying and see some of you today you're 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 caught in that you're caught in your weakness you're caught in your inadequacy you're 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 frustrated in fact you feel un unapproved by god you feel disqualified in some ways and god says no 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 actually listen that can become a strength If it pushes you to me, if it makes you more dependent than you've ever been, if it makes you listen to me and have me impart to you by my spirit, then you are going to become the best version of yourself. 
because you're going to let me in more. Somebody needs to hear this today because God wants to give you hope. You're, you're not a misfit. You're not rejected. In fact, I, I really believe that God doesn't use you in spite of your weakness. He uses you because of your weakness. He doesn't use you in spite of all the weakness you have. He uses you because of it if you turn it into a focus on Him. I want to encourage you with that today. And out of that comes renewal. That's where renewal comes from. With a mindset that says, God, work in my life. Work in my life. Cause me to come close. Lamentation says this. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation. Again, that word wait, binding ourselves to his strength, surrendering to him when we feel weak. So important we understand that. You know, um, this picture here of the eagle uh, is especially significant to me. And I wanna, I wanna focus on that here for the rest of the time. Um, in, in context of this dependence, in context of rising up even out of our weaknesses. Uh, because this picture of the eagle here is something that God has used in my life, my whole journey. And, and I want to share it with you, and then I want to apply it to everyone here. So when I was uh, 17 years old, I went and became a camp counselor. Do you have, do you have a lot of camps over here, youth camps during the summer? You know, and, and, and kids come, and you've got counselors. Anyway, we, I was a counselor. I was 17 years old and felt like I was pretty mature and very seasoned. <laughs> anyway, it's another story. If, if, if you get my book, I talk about, I kind of expose myself for my foolishness as a 17-year-old. But anyway, I, I, I was a, a camp counselor, and, and at this camp, they would nickname everybody. So you'd go there, like... And maybe you, they'd say your name, your real name, for like the first two days. But the, the, the director of the camp, he would, he, he would, you know, say, okay, well, we're going to watch you for a couple days. Uh, and then we'll come up with a nickname. You're like, man, I better be on good behavior. Like, I don't want to get a really bad nickname. You're stinky. Ah, no, I don't want to be stinky. No, none of them were bad nicknames. There was like somebody was Dove. I never did know what her name was. Just, he was Dove. And uh, there was other people with, one guy was Dutch or something. Anyway, they're just different nicknames. So, the, so he watched me for a few days, and then he comes to me, and it's the big moment of pronouncement. He says, you know, your nickname is Eagle. And I remember, like, I mean, Bird. I'm thinking, okay, it's probably because, you know, last name Bird. And I remember thinking, now you got to understand, <laughs> a little bigger than I was then. And, and I was probably 130 pounds. 17 like skinny as anything and and just you know and so i'm like eagle probably cracked my voice eagle i don't think i'm eagle maybe sparrow maybe you're eagle okay well and so like my my cabin mates you know eagle all this, every time i'd hear it i'd be like oh man so weird anyway the first the first time uh so what happened was the counselors would wait in their cabin you know, and they'd have this day when the parents would bring all the kids and they'd come and then you'd stand in your cabin kind of waiting for them. And, and I was 17 and all my kids, the boys were 12. And so their parents would bring them and so you'd stand there. And I remember this one time, this door opens, this guy comes in. And, and you gotta remember, we're in Western Canada and this was like a cowboy ranch type place. Like, you know, there was calf riding and 
horseback riding and you know wearing Stetsons and cowboy like you get the picture right so it's real western I had a I had bought a pair of boots and you know, got a again I didn't really look the part but I had a pair of boots and I had a hat and everything so so I remember the door opens and this big guy you know kind of like maybe Sam that I met earlier today anyway it was a big guy and he comes in and it and for me as a 17 year old it kind of felt like Right? That's what it felt like. I don't think it was like that. It felt like that. And, he's like, and, he, and he had his son with him, and he's looking around. And he goes, where's Eagle? Like, that's what it's on. Where's Eagle? And I, I was like, I'm Eagle. And, and, and no guff. No kidding. He, he looks down, like, well, it wasn't that tall. But it, it felt like he looked down at me, like Goliath with David, you know. And he goes, you're Eagle? And I remember thinking, yeah, I know. I know. Doesn't really fit me. Anyway, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So this whole camp, and I shared my story, my testimony. My dad died when I was 12, and I had to overcome. And so at the end of it, the counselor comes to me, and he says, um, or not the counselor, the, the camp director, and he says, you know, Ian, I actually think you are an eagle. I think you are an overcomer. I think it does represent who you are. And, and it was a special moment for me because I kind of took it in like, he thinks I really am an eagle. He thinks that is who I am. Well, fast forward years, and it always kind of stayed with me. Let me just say something to you. Who God says you are is more important than who you think you are or who other people say you are. If God says this is who you are, that's who you are. So we get stuck in our own beliefs and our own inadequacy and our own feeling of who we are, what we can do. And so we limit ourselves. God says, you are who I say you are. That's why it's so important you know who you are in Christ. So important you understand the freedom he's given you. Fast forward, we were going to plant the church that we now have in Calgary. We had to leave another community. And uh, it was a big deal to do that, to leave a thriving church to go to start something that didn't exist yet. And we did. We did because we wanted to obey the Lord. But we needed encouragement. I remember I was on this island in British Columbia, it's called Keats Island, a beautiful place. And um, as I, uh, what happened was, um, the Lord kept speaking to me this passage, Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, and mounting up like wings like eagles. All week before I went there, I'd had, I don't know if you've ever had this, day after day, there was confirmations of this passage, and I, I thought, God is speaking to me about this aspect of, of rising up on wings like eagles. Of, of being carried by the wind of his spirit as we enter this church plant. And so I went to this um, training program and I sat next to the president and I told him, I said, um, you know, I keep getting this passage, Isaiah 40, 31, every day. And he didn't say much. I thought, he should be amazed at what I'm telling him about this. He, <laughs> you, ever, you ever feel like someone should be amazed at you and they're not? <laughs> Happens to me a lot. Anyway. Anyway, so, so the next day I realized why. There was a reason why he didn't say a lot. is because we had this group exercise. And they gave you this card. And then, and then there was a scripture on the other side of the card. And they said, um, you know, take the card, go to your room, and then pull it out, look at it, and then meditate on this scripture and come back and then share what God speaks to you. So as I got the card, I thought, it's this passage in Isaiah 40. I know it is. I know it is. So I get up. I didn't even look. I went up, sat in my chair, and I went, and I flipped it over. It was. 
amazing. It was totally that passage. So I went, I'm like, this is God. What's he telling me? So I went over this passage again. And then as I left, I was walking down and, and the guy, uh, Steve, the president, uh, he was, he poked his head out the door and he said, Hey, Ian, do you see the eagles? And I said, no, what, what eagles? He said, over the bay, there's three eagles swooping in the bay. And so I went over and I watched and these three eagles were circling and they were going higher and higher and higher. And they, they were like effortless. If you've ever watched an eagle, um, they, they're not like doing this. You ever, you know, like, like they might do that to get going, but they're not like madly flapping across. They're graceful. They catch the updrafts and they go round and round, higher and higher. And I just watched this and I, I felt like God said to me, Ian, that's, that's what I want for you. An eagle rises because of the wind underneath. And the, the job of the eagle is to position the wing so that the updraft can be caught. He said, that's what I'm going to do with this church plan. That's what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to be the one that brings you up. Wow. He's coming at me again with the same picture. Then fast forward to December 2020. COVID season, right? And so we were right in the middle of it like everyone else. And one day I was praying at, at my office and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, this is going to be a season where I'm going to cause you to rise. And you're going to rise like an eagle. It comes back to me again. He says, it'll be my spirit. I'll cause you to rise. And you just need to ride the updraft of my spirit. You need to depend on me. You need to rely on me. And I'm going to do this. So I wrote it down. I thought, wow, that's amazing. So I went home and we went for a walk by the river near where we live. And as, this is amazing, as we, were, as we were walking, so that would be like the eagle in BC swooping around. That's what it would have looked like. Um, but just hold on a minute. There's another picture, but I'll just share. So, so we went down by the river, and as we were walking there, this lady comes by, and she says, do you see the eagle? And I'm like, what? There was an eagle that had landed right by the river. And, uh, and I, I saw it, and I thought, oh, my goodness. And I pulled out my phone. I couldn't get any pictures like this is not going to work. And then this lady, this is almost like God. This lady with this massive telephoto just happens to come walking around the corner. Maybe it was an angel. We don't know. But anyway, had a massive telephoto. And I said, hey, if you get the picture of that eagle, could you send it to me? And she did. She emailed it to me. And uh, this is the picture. That is the actual picture of that eagle. And I, I put that on my desktop to remind me because it was another picture of God saying, Ian, this is a confirmation for you. This is what I've called you to do. This is who you are. You didn't believe it when you're 17. You don't always believe it now, but this is who you are. You're meant to rise. You're meant to soar. You're meant to be free. Can I say something to you today? It's not just about Ian Bird here. This is who you are. Isaiah 40 makes it clear. This is who you are. You're meant to soar. You're meant to rise. You're meant to be free. God doesn't want you to just be in the weeds. I love the picture of eagles. You might not know this, but here's a few facts. An eagle's eyesight is up to eight times stronger than a human's. They have 20... 4 or 20-5 vision. I don't know what that means. Someone here would know what that means. This means they have really, really good vision. Um, they weigh around 10 pounds, but their eyes are the same as humans, same size as human beings. It's almost 50% of their heads. So they have, you say eagle eye? Yeah, like massive. 
eight times stronger than humans. Um, their vision's so precise, they can spot a rabbit up to two miles away. <sighs> wow, isn't that amazing? They're incredible. And their head can turn 210 degrees. This isn't a horror movie. But they, they can see, like, their peripheral vision's unbelievable. When you talk about vision, the eagle has it beat. Massive eyesight. M major ability to see. Incredible. The other thing is that they're, they fly high and their speed is amazing. They can fly as high as 15,000 feet. You'd be flying by in a, in a plane and look out and there's an eagle there. 15,000 feet. And they can fly up to 100 miles per hour. I wouldn't want to get hit by an eagle at 100 miles an hour. Whew. So they're, they can see like no other. They, are, they can go to altitudes that are unseen, that are hard to fathom for a bird. And they can fly. See? Faster, higher. Now, let's take this in context of renewal. Rising up like the eagle. Let's think about this now. What God is saying to you. They will rise up with wings like an eagle. What's he saying? Well, he's saying there that there will be updrafts. You're going to rise on wings like an eagle. You're not going to be flapping. You're going to be relying on the grace of God to take you higher. This passage is saying you're going to have incredible vision to see what God wants you to see, to have revelation from heaven. God says, I, I want to do that. I want to increase your ability to understand what I'm saying. He's saying you're going to get to higher heights. So you're not going to be stuck in the weeds. I don't know about you, but in COVID season, I got in the weeds. I didn't see the big picture anymore. I was kind of down here dealing with all the issues. Maybe you were too. God says, I want you to zoom out again. I want you to see the big picture for your life and for what I have for you. I don't want you just to be focused on the day-to-day. -day. I want you to get back out here. That's what an eagle does. And fast, fast. God says, I don't want you just plodding along anymore. The renewal that comes like the eagle speeds you up, accelerates you to go to higher heights, to see more, to go faster. Isn't that a powerful picture? And listen, God has that for you. Isaiah 40 is for you. Renewal is for you. Now, here's the problem. Here is the biggest problem right here. Let me see. Show the next slide, please. In three quarters of all the zoos in the world, the eagles are tethered. This is a tethered eagle. This eagle is amazing beautiful bird, could easily fly, could go to 15,000 feet, but it's tethered. It's tethered. If it tries to fly, and I'm sure it has at some point tried, but it, it's limited. It's going to go up. It's going to come down. It can't go anywhere. In fact, it's like in an enclosure. And this is sad, actually. I feel sad thinking about it. This is for people to just see the eagle, but he can't go anywhere. But all the potential is still in that eagle. That eagle is an eagle. That eagle's meant to fly. But it's got a tether. That tether won't let it go. Let me just say this about you. Some of you here, you're all that. You're all the eagle. But some of you here, you got some real tethers. And you want to fly. <laughs> but that tether grabs you. 
and you can't get up. You can't rise. And then you say to yourself, I'm not an eagle. I'll never be that. I can never be that. And God says, no, no, you are that. You are that. But you have a tether. Here's the good news. We serve a God who is into taking off tethers. God doesn't want to keep you grounded. He doesn't want to keep you on the ground. God's enjoyment is not you being on the ground. God's enjoyment is watching you soar at 15,000 feet. God's enjoyment is watching you go fast. God's enjoyment is seeing that you see what he wants you to see. This is a time that God wants to take the tethers off. What's your tether today? What's your tether? What's holding you down? You're an eagle. What's holding you down? Because God wants to break that. That's part of his renewal for you. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe you're disappointed with God, with other people, disappointed with how things have turned out. And the disappointment has limited you and things have happened that, that weren't good. And listen, I don't know why things happen sometimes. I don't. My wife and I have had our own disappointments, our own challenges. I don't know why, but I know this. No matter what, God is still who he is. We live in a fallen world, a broken world, but God is able and God can renew and God can restore and he wants to come and he wants to take that disappointment from you. He wants to take the grief from you. Maybe you've experienced a lot of grief and loss to the point where you think, I don't think I can believe for more. I don't know if I want to believe for more because it's been so hard and every time I believe, it feels like I start flapping and I start taking off and then I get pulled down to earth again. But see, God wants to break the tether. The tether might be the way you view yourself. See, if that eagle doesn't believe he's an eagle, he believes that he's something lesser, he won't act like an eagle. He won't even try. If he thinks he's a chicken, he's going to go running around the ground. That's what he'll do. Wouldn't that be ridiculous to see a bunch of chickens and then an eagle running with the chicken? And yet sometimes that's what we are. We think this is all, I, I'm just down on the earth. I, I just, I'm scratching. I'm just, God says, no, you're an eagle. Come on, come on. I want you to rise up again. Maybe it's lingering fear and insecurity. Maybe it's like what I deal with. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe you're just like, I just can't. I just can't. I'm unable. I've always been weak. I've always been weak. God says, yeah, you have, but I'm strong. Yeah, but it disqualifies me, the fact that I'm weak, the fact that I struggle in these areas, the fact that I have mental health issues. God can't use me. Yeah, he can. Why do you turn that into pursuit of him? Why do you turn that into a dependence on him? Because when you're weak, then he is strong. Some of you really need to hear this because God wants to push through the lies of the enemy that he's been holding you down with. That's the tether for you. It's of your own making. God says, no, no. No, no. I have more for you. You can be secure. Maybe it's relational. Pardon me, relational loss. You've, you've lost friends, family, through death, through divorce, through abandonment. And that haunts you. That holds you down. God says, whatever it is, it's not more powerful than me. Whatever it is today, listen, whatever it is. And, and I want to give you, I want to encourage you with something. We're going to pray in a moment. And I 
believe that if you will press in and you will take whatever that tether is and you'll bring it to the Father today, I believe he wants you free. And I believe he wants to show you the path to freedom. You know, sometimes, like I said, you got to walk it out, right? But, but there can be moments we don't even start walking it out because we don't believe. We have doubts. And we're so stuck. So today, you're going to leave here, I believe, with progress. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with you. As you stand, I'm going to just read a couple scriptures. And then I'm going to pray for you. Psalm 91 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, from the fowler's snare. That's what we're talking about. Psalm 124 says this. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have escaped from the fowler's snare. Would you close your eyes with me right now? I'm going to ask you this question. It's just between you and God. What's the, what's the tether today? What's, what's around your leg? What's stopping you from flying today? What is it? Holy Spirit, would you show people? Would you show people? And give them faith to believe that it can be different. That that can be broken. I ask you to do that all around this room right now. What is the tether today? Because I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to agree with you. But I want, I want you really to pinpoint it. Don't just run away quickly. What is it? What really stops you from being the eagle that you're called to be? What is it? Oh, I feel it. If God has shown you something, would you do me a favor? Just put your hand up. Put it up. Big and, big and, big and tall. Put it up. I'm going to pray for you right now. Keep your hand up because it's just a sign of faith. It's a sign of God. I'm, I'm acknowledging that I, I see it. I sense it. But you're bigger than this tether in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus, all around this room, you're here. Your angels are here. Your Holy Spirit is here. You love these people and you want them free. You know their past. You know their bondages. You know the things that hold them down. But right now you are moving through this room because you want to set them free. And in the name of Jesus, I pray over each person. I pray for freedom to come right now. I pray for truth to come right now. I pray for breaking of these bondages, these tethers, God. I pray you give them wisdom to know how to step it forward. What is going to happen tomorrow and this week? What is the steps you're calling them to take? But I pray for faith to arise right now across this room. Tethers be broken in Jesus' name. Tethers be broken in Jesus' name. Rise up as eagles. You are eagles. You're meant to soar. You're meant to rise. You're meant to be restored and strengthened. God wants to want you weary. He doesn't want you down in the mud. He wants you to rise. He wants you. I speak refreshing and renewal over all of you in the name of Jesus. 
refreshing and renewal in your lives. I declare in Jesus' name that as you look at the Word of God, you're going to see new things you've never seen before. You're going to get revelation you've never heard before. You're going to hear the voice of the Lord. You're going to sense the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, all around this room, God, you are moving. You are working. Doing what only you can do. Speak blessing around these people right now. Freedom.